Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Mike Wells of ESPN Radio joins us. Hello, Mike. Oh, I, I don't know this, but I'm like I'm liking how this is flowing right now. That was a Hagen selection right there from the catalog of Ray Parker Jr. Oh my God! Listen, Ray Parker Jr. is who is who's better known for Ghostbusters song. I like this though. I got. I, I, Why I would you? With it. Your your parents yeah. were probably he and she into this song back in the day. <laughs> Right, listen, I, 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 I might have been, been created to this song some 46 years ago, man. That's A Woman Needs Love by Ray Parker Jr. from 1981. Ray Parker Jr. has got some classics, Mike. I dig back into that, either Ray Parker Jr. or radio. Dig back in that. You'll love it. Man, I might have to go into the crate. Hagen. I didn't know y'all listened to this type of stuff down in Alabama when you was growing up, man. You're welcome, Wells. You're welcome. You know, I have a very uh, exp- expansive and eclectic catalog of musical tastes. Look at you, man. I, I'm not mad at you for that. I like it. I like it. I mean, listen, See, you only thought Hank was into Merle Haggard and stuff. He likes a lot more. I didn't, like, I didn't like country music. Yeah, I was living in Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Georgia, Tennessee, and I, I just never liked country music. Damn, Hagen. How, how many damn places you don't live, bro? Uh, well, you, I, we don't have, this is only a three hour show. I can't get into it all, but yeah, I've lived all over. <laughs> Goodness great. Hey, well, how come you're not smacking in my ear on some Hermanaki wings? Not well, cause I can't, I can't eat while I'm doing a show. Cause it'll make me burp. So well, uh, that's hey, ap- hey, after the your, show. I'll grab it. What's your excuse? Hagen? you should be killing some Hermanaki double fried wings right now. Well, I just got here. I'm, I got to uh, I got to lubricate the system here with some of these beverages first. No, oh, listen, man. Uh, we don't need to hear anything about you lubricating. <laughs> we don't need to be hearing that. I knew as soon as I said that word, something bad was going to happen, and then Wells just jumps right on it. Man, look at you, man. So, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, you covered the Colts for a long period of time, too. Uh, do you think I, I kind of spelled this out a little bit earlier as far as you know this meeting in Tennessee on Sunday, the level of importance within the division moving forward, playoff opportunities, winning the division opportunities. But it's also because it, things have kind of flipped because you covered this team too when you thought about going to Houston, thought about going to Jacksonville. You know, really, realistically, going back to the Manning era, Tennessee as well as wins. You just put a check mark next to the W column every single year when the schedule came out. And it's like now the Colts have kind of become that team that others within the division put a check mark next to the W in that win column for. This is something else that adds to the layer of intrigue and something else the Colts need to address and wiggle out of because losing within the division to these teams has become really all too familiar. The reality is, uh, Jay, Nobody in the AFC South, nobody, and when I say nobody, I include the Houston Texans, are afraid of the Indianapolis Colts anymore. There's no, there's no fear. Those days of like, oh my God, 
uh, Andrew Lux is going to stomp all over them. Peyton Manning is going to have his domination. Those days are long gone. It's like now teams a la the Tennessee Titans, they're sitting there like they, they have no fear. They have no fear of the Colts. They're like, oh, yeah, we, we, we've gotten them. We, we've beaten them. They, we have their number. That's how the Titans look at it. And basically going this weekend, the Colts, got a, they got to grow a pair of onions. They got to grow a gigantic pair of onions if they expect to have any chance of winning this division. They got to have, they got to get some kahunas if they think they're going to win this division. They got to go down to Nashville and they got to win this game. You know, the happiest people on earth when Andrew Luck retired were, were Titans fans. I mean, he owned them. Uh, and then it's been a struggle, you know, four straight losses in the series. And you're right. Sometimes you, you have to remind people who you are and, if the Colts can't go down there and they end up getting swept again, uh, it's going to be a long haul. We were talking before you came on about that the Colts will be guaranteed a, a losing record in the division this season. And then you look at the, the rest of the schedule as it plays out. Uh, to make the playoffs, you hate to say it comes down to one game, but th- this, this game is going to have a huge impact on the rest of the season. And we're just, you know, we're, we're just a third of the way through the season, but that's how big this game is just based on how the schedule shook out. Yeah, no, and, that, and that, that's what it is. It, it's crazy because they're like, okay, the Colts are going to be based, they're going to be done with the entire AFC South with the exception of Week 18 against the Houston Texans before you start eating Reese Peaches and Snickers on Halloween. They're going to be done with the AFC <laughs> South and be controlling their own destiny. They didn't know. I don't think anybody. I know I didn't think that they were going to have issues and say, okay, they may not win the division because they got swept by the Titans. They lost, they got shut out by the Jaguars to give them three losses and then a tie against Houston in week one. Nobody envisioned that. If you, if anybody envisioned that, you guys are full of dog peep. Boop. If you think that was the case. We, what's funny, Wells, is, you know, we, everybody sits down and prognosticates the season and tries to, you know, identify what the record's going to be. And it, through this coming weekend, I had the Colts at 5-2. and two. I had them losing to the Chiefs, and I had them losing in Nashville. So if somehow they can get this game, despite, you know, what have they scored, 10 points in the first quarter all season, and one of those was a, touch, a gimme touchdown after the muffed punt by Casey, despite all the struggles and not scoring and turnovers and injuries, they could be sitting here at 4-2-1, and one, which is almost exactly what uh, so-called experts and then idiots like me, where, where we thought they'd be. Yeah, and I think we all—I I think we all agreed. Well, I know I correct me if I'm wrong, but I could have sworn we said last last Friday that we believe the Colts are going to win the division. I still believe they're going to be that. So in order, in order for that to happen, we said they had to beat the Jaguars, which they did last weekend, and they're now they're going to have to beat the Titans. And I believe this is the opportunity to do it. There, I mean, minus Darius Leonard, they're look, you're looking at a um, healthy roster for the Colts going into this game this weekend. The opportunity is there. Brian Tannehill is not a good quarterback. They, they, they put them, the Colts put themselves behind the eight ball early on in that game a couple weeks ago, and they just didn't have enough to climb out of it. I don't believe Brian Tannehill can beat the Indianapolis Colts. It's uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio, friend of the show every Friday right here. Colts and Titans coming up on Sunday. Uh, get you started at 10 a.m. with the Colts pregame huddle on Sunday morning. Did you like what they did offensively? Because I really did. Now, I know that Frank oh, had mentioned man. earlier this week, Mike, that they're not going to be able to you know, sustain the, the 58 pass workload of Matt Ryan agreed or go no huddle the entirety of the time. But don't you have to take variations 
of that offense that got you executing and more cohesive and helped that offensive line? Don't you have to try to, certain aspects-wise, bring that to the table this weekend and then moving forward? Yes, man. That, hey, that was a treat to see. That up-tempo football that you're playing and no huddle, that was great, great to see, especially when you didn't have, you didn't have Jonathan Taylor out there. You, they were able to improvise. And Matt, hey, Matt Ryan was rolling. He was filleting cats out there. So, yes, you, you can't do it every week because then you become easy to defend. But you got to be able to find – be able to be selective and sprinkle it in every now and then because that gives the Colts an opportunity to be effective offensively and allows, you know, Matt Ryan to get rolling. And I know I mentioned having some kahunas. That took some kahunas for Frank and, Wright, Frank and Matt to make that call on that touchdown pass to Alvin Pierce to win the game for the Colts. Some big yeah, Santa t- kahunas. It took faith in Ryan and took Ryan had had faith in uh, Pierce, the young guy, you know, kind of coming into his own. Uh, this is a this is the kind of question that you ask on shows like this, uh, not not based on prior, you know, performances or anything like this, based right now, all things being equal. Who would you want at running back, Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor? Damn, Hagan, I can't stand your ass asking me that question, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one, though. You out here about to have Colts fans coming after me, man. Uh, that means he's that means he says Derrick Henry. Yes, I'm going I'm going with Derrick Henry as we stand today at this moment. I think it depends on the you could even you could even like no, oh, hell, the, hey, man, let me try to change the rules up. You just no, no, I'm saying play. I'm saying the the way you paused, I was like he's having to think about it. Then I, I, I rethought my question and I said, Yeah, if you're third and goal from the one, I'd rather have Derrick Henry. If you're in a four-minute offense, I, I'd probably rather have Derrick Henry. But if you're in a game where the playbook's open and you're not trying to burn clock, you don't have third and fourth and short, I'd probably want to have Taylor just because the, his skill set is different. Now, don't get me wrong. They're both awesome, and they're different. That's why I thought it was an interesting question to ask, if all things being equal, which one you would take. Yeah, you wanted to sound like the good guy out of this, man. It put me, make me as the bad guy. Yeah, w- Wells me. hates the Colts. He just said that's why he quit working at ESPN. He hates the Colts. <laughs> uh, and the reality is you can't go wrong with either player. They're exactly. both damn good players. Uh, you, you're, you can win. You, that both teams have shown they can win with those two at running back. So I don't think you can go wrong with either, either one of them. Uh, I, I think they're – I put Taylor, Henry, and Nick Chubb, put those three in a hat and, you can, and, draw, and draw names, and you, you're a winner with whoever you take. What I, what I hate about that is I've got – I have Taylor and Chubb on my fantasy team, and the bad thing about Chubb is he doesn't get those goal line touches. They bring in Kareem Hunt, who poaches all the – you know, because he's a more versatile back as far as, you know, he's not running through the tackles, but they can swing a pass out to him and whatnot. So it is interesting how those three guys are all awesome, but to take it one step further about the different skill sets of JT and of Henry – it spills over as well to Chubb. But, yeah, you'd, you'd be happy to line up either one of those three in your backfield on uh, the start of a ball game. Hey, I thought you were going to say they put the ball in Jacoby Brissett's hand and let him throw it. <laughs> hey, you look into, because really up until last weekend against Jacksonville, the Colts have been pretty decent against the run, better than decent against the run. They gagged up 243 on Sunday against Jacksonville. That would seem to be a danger zone going into Tennessee with a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield. That concern you, Mike? Uh, 
Yeah, I listen. Facing Derrick Henry, it always it, it would always concern me. I mean, he ran what he he ran for a buck what he ran for a buck something a couple weeks ago against them. Yeah, that's the thing. The, the, the Titans are at home. Derrick Henry is the guy that continues to be their nemesis, especially with AJ Brown um, gone. Um, the Colts have they have to take away take away the running game of Tennessee, and they have to force Ryan Tannehill to beat them with his arm, not with his feet, because I think Tannehill is a heck of a running quarterback. They have to make Tannehill pass the football. That is their best chance to be able to win the football game uh, on Sunday. Ryan Hand Tannehill has to be that guy. He has to see the Colts say, all right, Ryan, you're not good enough, but we're going to see if you have anything capable uh, in your thing. He's only completed 65% of his passes. Um, their leading receiver is Robert Woods with 204 yards. So they can't, yeah, that, pass, they cannot, they can't pass the football. And as you said – you, you want to make him beat you, but you want to make him beat you throwing the football because you'll forget how he's, he's sneaky, elusive, and next thing you know, it's third and goal from the six, and somehow he's standing in the end zone doing his little finger roll celebration. So keep him in the pocket, make him beat you. But if you're stacking the box and they're still having success running the ball, that's when you can get into trouble. So, yeah, if you can, if you, can you know, limit what Henry's doing and then keep – Tannehill in the pocket, I, I love the, the Colts' chances. But if they start getting some – busting out some 8, 10, 15-yard runs, or if Tannehill, you know, breaks contain and he's getting these, you know, couple of three big plays, that's when you're in trouble. Let me tell you guys, Mike, you were right, and Hager just mentioned that too. The breaking of containment with Tannehill along with Derrick Henry have been two of the biggest issues over the recent history the Colts have had in dealing with Tennessee's offense, both of those aspects. Yep. Hey, so um... – let me ask you guys a question. Who you guys got winning the game? Well, I've been horrible picking Colts games, but I got the last two right. I picked them to win in Denver, and I picked them to win last week. I got to go with the Titans this week. I feel like the Titans will win. I feel like it'll be a, a close game. I think it'll go down to the fourth quarter, but I think they'll make some plays. I think the home crowd kind of factors into it. That's a very – you've been there, Wells. It's a very almost like college football atmosphere there. And so I would say 24-19 Titan. I got Mike. Um, I, I said this at the outset of the show, and I think a lot of people would agree with me on this. It's, it's like that the Colts, you, you, you got to take one for the team here. What I mean by that is you kind of got to see this team actually do it before you can honestly believe they can do it. And that's what I think this game is, at least for me right now, until the Colts prove that they can get over on this team in a lot of aspects. And really, no matter what we're talking about, an injured team, you know, a team without A.J. Brown, a team with Ryan Tannehill, a quarterback, a team without arguably their best defensive player, all that aside, they always bring it. They're always tougher. They're always more of a grinding team, no matter the circumstances. And I just can't go with the Colts until I see them do that of which we're all talking about right now on the road in Nashville. So I got the Titans 23-20. I want, I want all the listeners to hear this. JMV and Chris Hagen have no faith in the Indianapolis Colts. They have the Tennessee, <laughs> they have, they have the Tennessee Titans winning. I have the Colts going on the road and winning. And it's more so because I said they're going to win the division. So I, I, I got to stay on my ground and say they're going to, they are going to finally, finally – get the advantage on Mike Rabel and his football team. They're going to win the game on Sunday. So we're going to bet some uh, Hermanaki wings on that, Wells? Is that the deal? Yeah, what the heck? Let's get, let's get some, let's get some uh, 
Hey man, I told you I got double fried Hermanakis though, man, and I don't want I don't want <laughs> I, hey, I don't want appetizer size. I want the I want the uh, two pound uh, regular size portion. The big boy wants to eat. Um, I know we got to get ready to go, man. But Jay, yo, how many people? How many people have been killing you on your boy Miles, man? Oh, what do you think? Like my uh, my my uh, Twitter handle, my my uh, mentions are a they were a, a circus the other night. Hey, listen, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, people were having more fun getting on you about Miles Turner, you know, having a, a yeah. freakish ankle injury than what you were looking at those magazines as, as, as a kid growing up that I sent you at Hagen last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> nah, yeah, they were very, they're, they were very aroused about sending me stuff, you know, and here's what's, here's what's hilarious about it, too. There's just such a level of dumbassery. Get rid of him right now. Give him away. Get him away for a bag of balls or whatever. I mean, I just kind of take, I go, you're just a big dumbass. You don't want to do that. You want him to play. You want him to be active. You want him to be good. You want him to be healthy. You want all of that. Just because the guy is working his ass off at 5 p. in the afternoon before anybody else is on the floor and you just accidentally step on the foot of a ball boy, what are you going to do? He's working hard to get better for the team. And regardless, on the floor or for the future, for the betterment of the franchise. That's what 33 is, and that's what some of these clowns don't understand. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. This, yeah, this is not uh, – that, that was a freakish injury. And, listen, I, I'm the first to say I felt like I should have tried to trade Miles, you know, last year. But to get on him for being injury prone or he sucks, get rid of him, over that type of injury. Yeah. Is you got you got to be a buffoon to start ridiculing off of that. Well, I've got some buffoons. I can show you some buffoonery after that happened. It was it's pretty funny, but that's just stuff that uh, that you expect. I'll be honest with you, Mike. When this all goes away, when he's traded and he's going for twenty and ten for a playoff worthy <laughs> team here relatively soon, right? When that happens, uh, a I'm going to think that's funny, but I'm actually going to miss the back and forth. You know what I mean? It's it's kind of like it's kind of like my addiction right here. I've got an addiction of when something like that happens, knowing that everybody is going to come after me regarding Miles Turner. So I'm going to miss that. Listen, I, and I want you. And when he goes off for twenty and ten, I want you to stick the middle finger up at those uh, before. <laughs> oh yeah. Say yeah, you guys wanted them out of here. Hey, real real quick, my colleagues uh, Chris Widlick and Brett Bensley were in the in the arena getting ready for some live shots, and they were there when Turner got that freak accident, and they told me he was super upset and frustrated by it. So it wasn't like, oh, I kind of uh, – he, w- he was really peed about how it went down and, and frustrated leaving the court. And, you know, it, it was something that was freakish, and it, it means a lot to him. I know some fans think pro athletes kind of don't give a damn and they're cashing checks, but he, he was very upset about it. Hey, let me ask you a question. Is your boy, is your boy Chris Whitlick, is he like – is he like uh, the Grim Reaper? Is he just bitter on Twitter? He always sounds—he always sounds like a bitter old man on Twitter. He's always—he's Mr. He's Mr. Negative, man. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, Is Whitley that I, negative? I, I call him—I call him the Goocher because if I ever have—if I have money on something, uh, a game or whatever, he'll always come in, and it seems like he just automatically starts rooting against me. Like he's the—he's the—he is the Grim Reaper. If he comes in. If he puts the hex on you, you can forget about it. So, yeah, I, I, I always give uh, Whitlick a lot of grief about that because uh, I'm glad you noticed it too, Wells. He is yeah, the he, Grim Reaper, or as I call him, the Goocher. Hey, hey, Wells, 
He loves it when I remind him of the time when he and Dave Calabro <laughs> got in a fight in the press box at the Dome over a stool. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm listening. Um, at, at, at some point, well, you might you might see some um, arguing or fighting over who's got the best pregame show. Because I know a couple TV shows. Hey, who's older, Calabro or or I, I'm not going to say how old they are, but they are they turned the same age this year. So they were both born like you and I were born yeah. in the same year. They were born in the and same. I want to tell you what I didn't care any longer about that playoff game. I just wanted to see, <laughs> see these two guys fight. That yeah. was great. Uh, JMV and Wells are both instigators. If you listeners, <laughs> if you don't notice this, these two a holes love to stroke the fire and poke oh. the bear. They love to get something going. So here they, they when they're Beautiful. both together, it's always trouble. Beautiful. All I know is I just I just I just keep seeing on Twitter again about these stations that have the best pregame show in the area. You can only have the only one station that had the best pregame show. Uh, for the Colts, so I just keep seeing that on Twitter back and forth all the time, man. Well, here's like, what here's like real two, quick. The two stations are jabbing each other, man. <laughs> here's the two things. This is what I hate when people say, you know, uh, celebrating the, the best yeah. staff. And you can't prove that somebody's the best or the hardest working. What you can prove, oh, yeah, you're looking you, at it right now on YouTube Live. Yeah, you can, I prove, can prove it. You can prove who's the hardest. I mean, who is the highest rated? So when I throw out things about being the highest rated, there are real numbers to back that up. I'm not going to sit here and say we're the hardest working this or we're the best that. I can tell you numbers don't lie, and that's when I just point and say scoreboard. Hey, Mike, on Sunday night, that's why he brings me in. Because he knows that they got no chance when I'm on. When they're on opposite of me, it's over, brother. It's over. All I know is Hagen really gets worked up, but I know how to get Hagen worked up. <laughs> I said it before. I said, here they come. They're both going to come. All right, buddy. It's uh, Layla's dad with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Tell that lovely girl we said hello. All right. Hey, fellas. Have a great weekend. Talk to you next yeah, week. Buddy. It's Mike Wells of ESPN Radio on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Meantime, our good friend on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. It was a Don Fisher celebration Friday. Uh, unfortunately, not an IU win on Saturday in the Don Fisher Tour heads now to Piscataway, New Jersey for Rutgers and IU coming up tomorrow. Noon the kick, 11 a.m. for you downstairs on WIBC. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. How are you, Don? I'm doing well, John. How about yourself? I'm at the Ale Emporium in Castleton. This is a choice be, place. Yeah, you've got to be doing well if you're there. I love it. When's the last time you were here, Don? I, I, not the one in Castleton, but the one down in Greenwood, I've gone to several times. I like it a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, you probably have, I mean, your, your face is your past. They let you ride in. But, man, normally it's a long wait. <laughs> trust, trust me. <laughs> I waited in line like everybody else, you turkey. <laughs> hey there there's don fisher come on in so yeah now meanwhile my ass is out there sitting on the curb waiting 25 minutes so that's how it goes well trust me I've, my rear ends on the same spot yours is, <laughs> um I, I do we uh overlook you think leading up to this week i'm certain the the team hasn't and i'm sure you haven't but are we overlooking at three and four, the level of importance of IU trying to bring one home uh, go, coming up tomorrow against this Rutgers team? I, I don't think you can overlook the importance of it, John. Uh, let's face facts here. The toughest part of the schedule is about to happen uh, with the big boys, uh, Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, obviously, we've played Michigan already, but 
there is not an easy game left in the schedule, including this Rutgers game tomorrow. Rutgers is a team that's started out three and zero, and they they've lost three straight. But it is a their defense has dramatically improved from a year ago. We said that about Maryland's defense, and I didn't think that showed up. But I I don't think there's any question that Rutgers' defense has been special this year. Uh, they're barely letting teams average around 250 yards a ball game uh, in offense. So when you're doing that, uh, you're doing something pretty spectacular. And they've already turned teams over a bunch, and they've got eight interceptions on the year. That doubles what Indiana's produced thus far. This is going to be a this is going to be a struggle in many respects. But my hope is, John, that this team, because last week. They, they look so much better offensively last week. And, I, and I'm saying that not because of the new offensive line coach, because the run game wasn't there, but the passing game was because they gave Connor Bays lack time to throw the football. And when he's got time, he's pretty doggone good. Um, and if they ever get the running game going along with the passing game, this team's going to be better than people think, but we're still t- making too many mistakes. Defense made too many mistakes last week. Special teams made a mistake with a 54-yard return, start the second half kickoff. He goes 54 yards. They're in perfect position. The defense, I don't know if they weren't ready, but they, they certainly fell asleep because it only took four plays for Maryland to get in the end zone from that point. Maybe they were stunned by the 54-yard return. I don't know. But this team just hasn't put it all together yet. And if they do that, they'll win tomorrow. But they're going to have to do that because this team can't play one-sided. Yeah, Fish, you got a, a, a narrow point spread in this one. It's like a three-point uh, Rutgers favor there. It, it's, it sounds strange to say it's a big game when you're talking about two teams on losing streaks, but uh, both of them searching, scraping, clawing, trying to find their way to six wins, and whoever gets the win tomorrow, obviously a much better track to do that. And so a lot on the line when you think about this, ending a losing streak and trying to get your way righted to try to get to that bowl eligibility. You're right, and, and uh, they're, they're definitely talking about it here at Rutgers. They're, they've talked all week long about the fact that this is a game that gets them just two games away from becoming bowl eligible, so they're thinking about it big time. And Indiana hasn't talked much about it, but there's no question Indiana is in a spot right now where they need this win badly because they have nothing but tough, tough, or much tougher opponents coming up. They just don't. I mean, there's just you can look at the schedules that, that these two teams have, and both of them have got tough schedules, don't get me wrong, but, but Indiana's is really difficult in the sense of who they're going to face here in the next few weeks after the bye week. And here's the oddity of this whole thing, guys. This is the third time this year that Indiana's playing a team that's had a bye week before they played them. Uh. <laughs> and, and on top of that, the Illinois ball game, Illinois had this is that they opened on week zero and Indiana had to play them the next week. So essentially Illinois had a chance to, you know, find out what they actually had going into the game against Indiana. And of course, after Indiana beat them, look what's happened to them. They've gone crazy. So this is, this is a game that's critical. I think from Indiana's perspective, simply because no, not just because it's the next one, which is the, the mantra of the head coach and, and the, and the staff, but this ball game is huge for a lot of different reasons, not the least of which is the, the fact that they could save their season in some respect with this win. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You bring up an interesting point because the, the Colts are facing a team in Tennessee coming off a bye. 
And you know, a couple of former NFL players, Joe Wrights and Bill Brooks, told me last week that that can benefit, for example, the Colts because, you know, you have a team that's been off, maybe went on a short, quick vacation or whatever. You know, certainly that, that stands the reason, I guess, Don, professionally speaking. How much more is it a benefit to that team that is off in the college game? Because they get to relax, they get to get healthy, get over those aches and pains, and feel better for that next upcoming event. Well, I think bye weeks are great, except when you have to play a team that just had one. Uh, right. In this particular case, it's even bigger for Rutgers because, look, they fired their offensive coordinator after they lost to Nebraska. And they have they've had this extra bye week to get their offense kind of turned around under a new interim guy who was the former interim head coach for Rutgers back when they fired Chris Ash several years ago. And the uh, head coach or the offensive coordinator for them now is a guy named Campanelli, who was the guy that took over that interim role and now is the interim offensive coordinator for this football team. So this guy knows where he's been. He's had an extra week to get his ball club prepared and put in some new things that Indiana probably hasn't seen yet, at least from a Rutgers film perspective. So, uh, obviously, it benefits them, I think, a great deal more than uh, Indiana could ever get a benefit out of it. And Indiana gets the benefit that next week when they get a bye week, and obviously they'll have more time to work for their offensive line and the new offensive line coach. And I, I, I will say this. What we saw last week was a vast improvement over what we saw the last few weeks in regard to protecting Connor Bazelak, and that goes to Rod Carey and what he's done with that offensive line thus far. Fish, in your long, legendary Hall of Fame career, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. You've seen losing streaks before with this football program. Does this feel like some of those dark days, or do you feel like, no, no, we, there's a losing streak, but we're a lot closer to where we want to be than maybe so in years past? Well, I, I think if Indiana loses this game tomorrow, it's going to feel like it's pretty dark because there's no question Last year was a huge disappointment after all the expectations of last season. And then that, and that team ends up laying a huge egg with a 2-10 year. This team came into the season, not really a lot of people expecting all that much. So the expectations weren't as high. But at the same time, you kind of felt like they've got some key guys, especially the defensive side of the football, that could really you know, help this defense be pretty good. And yet this defense at times this year has just not looked very good. And it hasn't looked like, well, a perfect example is Devon Matthews last week, a fifth-year senior safety who's been terrific for this program. He ends up getting the unsportsmanlike conduct call at the most inopportune time. They get a third down and five situation. Uh, He comes in and makes a big play, stops them. They're going to be forced to punt. He stands over the kid for a second or a half second or whatever it was, and he gets a taunting call. <laughs> you just can't do that. You celebrate no. with your teammates, uh, and, and especially a fifth-year guy like that. And I love Devon Matthews, and he's a great kid, but that was just silly. And, and to do something like that at that particular time, it almost destroyed the game at that juncture because, of course, Maryland takes it in and scores after that. But here's the other aspect of it. Then they make another mistake when they're driving down the football field. Addison Kobe catches the football, fumbles the football. Maryland gets it back. They score again, and now they're off to the races, and Indiana had to, you know, just to come back in that last few seconds of the ball game and score a touchdown, but it was way too little too late. 
So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, with us. If you would not mind, I, I kind of want to just turn the attention quickly to hoops. How much of practice have you seen so far, Don? I saw I saw practice this past week. Uh, it's the first practice I really had a chance to be a part of in the sense of watching watching them full go. And I was very impressed with what I saw in many respects. But the, the biggest thing that sticks out to me, because at this time of the season, the one thing you're wanting to see is a team that's concentrating on defense. I saw some defense from this ball club. I also saw some new players in there that may make a big factor for this ball club this year. Obviously, Jalen hood Shafino is the, is the one guy that everybody's talked about. And I thought Malik Renault showed me something last week with his touch inside. I thought he was really very special for a freshman, and he's got a, already got a college body. So uh, those two guys, I think, are going to help him a lot. Uh, there's no question Trace is the key guy in this ball club. There's his abilities, what he can do. I, I still don't know how much he shoots it from outside, but it looked to me like he was trying to take more outside shots or at least the practice that I saw he did. Uh, and, and he didn't take a bunch of them. He just took one or two. But the whole thing here is with this basketball team this year, again, and we're talking about expectations now because everybody's got them and everybody's thinking this is a team that could win the Big Ten and they're predicting they could win the Big Ten and all those kinds of things. Just just hold your horses, boys and girls, and let's see how this team performs at the early part of the season. They have four huge ball games at the start of this year um, before they get into real key conference ball games. And that, of course, is against uh, Xavier on the road, North Carolina at home. Yep. They will play Arizona in Las Vegas, and then they've got Kansas on the road. Those four games are going to tell you a lot about what this basketball team is all about before we get to conference play on a consistent basis. Hey, Don, final quick thing here. Can you remember a season that you have started where you looked at the schedule before the season officially got underway and thought that there was a tougher pre-Big Ten schedule than what you're looking at now? <laughs> well, I, I could say that there were probably more teams uh, that could give you a battle on some of the schedules we've seen in the past uh, <laughs> in non-conference play. But this schedule with those four teams involved, uh, yeah. I would say that's probably as tough of a uh, early part of the year uh, scheduling as we've seen in a long time. All right, so I'm thinking, so Trace is going to come down on a fast break and pull up from three off of no passes. Am I going to see that? <laughs> I don't know against whom, <laughs> but, but, but I think we'll probably see it at some point in time. Uh, I, All right. I wouldn't mind seeing it. I mean, I saw, I him, I saw him make one. Well, I saw him make one on a highlight tape the other day, so I like that. <laughs> oh, that's when, I'm, when, I, when I see that, that's when you're officially going to know it's all coming together. Right there, Don. There it is. Well, not hey. just that he takes one, but it goes in. Yeah, it, well, yes. <laughs> it, it does need to go in, in fact. Hey, make Kegger take you guys to a nice Italian restaurant tonight in Piscataway, all right? <laughs> I mean, I know he's going to try to take you guys to Jersey Mike's or something like that. Make him take you to an Italian restaurant. No, we're actually we're here at, at, where we're staying here in Piscataway. I think it's Piscataway. I think it's New Brunswick, actually. But I'm looking out my window. I'm on the 11th floor of this Hilton Hotel, and I don't see a store, a uh, plaza. <laughs> I don't see anything but but autumn leaves uh, on the trees and a couple of houses you can see through the trees. 
Um, and I, out of my 11th floor window here, I can also see a, a thing way probably about 10 miles away that looks like a manufacturing type place. I don't see anything that looks like a restaurant. <laughs> Don, I think think you're in Evansville. Are you sure you're in Piscataway? (laughs) No, that's where we're at. Now, I may be on the wrong side of the hotel to see everything else, but from where I'm looking right now, I'm going, well, we're eating at the hotel tonight. No question about that. (laughs) Well, that plays right into the hands of Keg right there, too, right there in the hotel for you guys. All right, buddy. 11 a.m. tomorrow morning. The pregame show is underway. That's on 93 WIBC. That kick for IU and Rutgers in New Jersey comes your way at noon. Voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, every Friday right here. Don, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. See you, guys. See you, Fish. Don Fisher, Voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight. Brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations, carx.com today. We start what is the one and done of Indiana high school football. Not everybody, but a lot of teams coming up later on tonight. And Bob is here to talk about that and then some. Hello, Bob. Hey, what's up, Numb Nuts? How you doing? <laughs> this Numb Nuts is outstanding today. Yeah. And <laughs> How I are just, you? I, this is another revelation to me. I just heard you were a dumbass. I never thought that before. <laughs> God, my God, I love you. You know, people are actually... They're loving what you're saying right now because you're you're saying what they want to say. I love it. Yeah. You know what? The problem is they don't know you like I know you. I know you to be a good guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm so sorry. for You should do my show. Number one, as you know, I don't take guests. And number two, I don't want you to send me a text or an email. I'm, not, I'm never going to pay attention to it. So... <laughs> No, I love it, man. I, I I do, I do because I I like to have the back and forth. I mentioned oh, I this a little bit do. earlier. I, um, this is why when when Miles Turner gets traded by the trade deadline, I'm going to miss that because right, I'm right. I'm the lone guy around here that says, "Hey, everybody, chill on 33," and everybody when everything happens like the other night when he hurt his foot in warmups. Everybody brought it to me, and it's like an addiction, Bob, to me. I'm going to miss that when it goes away. Well, you've made a healthy living off this addiction, I'll say that. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of healthy living, you got tonight and tomorrow night as far as the high school football schedules is concerned. I I mentioned not everybody's in action, but there are some good games if you look around the state of Indiana tonight. There are some really, really good games. Uh, 6A, 5A, basically, for the – for the, most of those schools have this night off. They begin their sectional play next weekend in the semifinals. But, you know, tonight you have uh, Plainfield at, at uh, Harrison of West Lafayette. Uh, um, you know, you have, um, I think, a really, really good game, New Pal at Mount Vernon. So you have Mount Vernon played for a championship a year ago. New Pal's number one. Uh, that's a great, that's a tremendous game. Um, they're all over the state. Mooresville, Lebanon is not a bad game. Greenfield Central and Pendleton Heights is a game I like. Martinsville, Greenwood. Start going down the list. You have some really, really good, good football games. I tell you, one in one A, John is really, really solid. Is Lutheran is hosting South Putnam, South Putnam number nine, Lutheran number one, defending champs. Uh, yeah, it, it may be. Uh, 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A only tonight, but there are still some great games. And as you point out, uh, one and done. And so all those kids who are seniors 
quite, quite frankly, are all looking at their careers coming to an end on a night like tonight and for, yeah. for some of these schools. And it's, it is a screeching halt to a career uh, for young people. It, it's hard. You know, like yeah. you and I are basketball guys, and when our careers were over, we could still call our buddies and go down and find a gym somewhere and go play. But I think it's going to be hard once your football career is over in high school to strap on the pads and get your pals to go out and meet you somewhere and play. Man, that is so right, too. And I think sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle because you're right. Absolutely lost, John. Think about this. Yeah. From the time you were a kid playing Little League football or Bantam football, whatever you call it, you and your family have been invested in this sport. You know, and you know, you're going to camps in the summer. You're going to team camps when you get in high school. You're going to seven-on-seven camps. You're, you're going to workouts. You're doing all of that. You're having those team dinners the night before the game. You're going through all of those rituals that you go through. And when you play that game and you lose that game in the tournament, you're finished. You and your family are finished. And it is it's unbelievably difficult for people. And it should be, I suppose. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, he's coming at you later on tonight at 930. We just had a caller ask through Kyle, and then he sent this to me down the line I don't think Brownsburg plays until next week, right? That's but right. They, yeah. they yeah. have a quarterback that's that's dinged up, that's injured. Got any info? Uh, do not have any info. Uh, that's why this is this bye week is really good for obviously the five A and six A sure. schools. Where if you have some lingering injuries, you just need some more time, and maybe you can get everybody healed up. But you would hope for Brownsburg's sake, after the loss last week, that they can get everybody healthy and. And and they're ranked. They were ranked number one for a reason. So uh, hopefully that's not necessarily true. We hope so for the young man uh, and his career. But um, yeah, it's a crucial time of year, obviously for everybody. Mount Vernon and New Pal. Let's dive back into that one a little bit because you got the defending champions, and you have and certainly in recent history one of the better teams to play football across the state of Indiana, and they collide on night number one. Yeah, but this New Pal team's just been steamrolling people, kind of like what they've done, you know, the last three or four or five years. They've been on a tremendous run. But you have kids, again, who played for a championship, know what it's like. They're defending champs until somebody beats them. And so uh, they've played each other. Uh, I think New Pal won it the first time. They're, they're really, really two solid football teams. You know, it's number one versus number 12. Uh, and it's, uh, it's give Mount Vernon credit, lost a lot of guys off last year's team, but came back and played great football. So, yeah, that may that may be the premier game of the night, quite frankly, because it's, uh, you know, th- these are two teams, quite frankly, can, can play for a championship again, to be honest. Hey, for the, the, the uh, classes that aren't participating tonight, um, is, is does it come down to what we talked about regarding Brownsburg and the quarterback is that where the real advantage is, just trying to get guys that are clearly probably dinged up this time of year to a higher level of health before you start the one and done? Well, it's one of the benefits of it, John. I mean, you know, number one, it's uh, the math is such that you know, because of uh, 4A, excuse me, 5A and 6A, um, you, you have, you know, the mathematic formula of trying to make sure you have four teams in each sectional and all of that. What it does is it allows you to have a buy and, and quite frankly, if you're in 5A and 6A, you've not, for the most part, not, not everybody, but for the most part, you haven't had any time off since back in August. You know, the third, the third Friday in August 
is annually the start of high school football. And so now fast forward until here we are at the end of October, you've not had any nights off. And so, yeah, you'd love to have time for everybody to get healed mentally and physically as you get ready to try and win a sectional. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk coming at you tonight and tomorrow night. All the stations throughout the state of Indiana that are a part of Network Indiana will have that show for you. Bob's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I, I didn't want to ask you this, uh, and I probably already know what you think, but I think it's ridiculous that you want to add more teams to the NCAA tournament. You take something that is right now perfect. It's absolutely perfect and you blank around with it even more, when are they going to stop? Will they stop blanking around with stuff when we all leave? Is that when they stop? Um, maybe. I mean, I, I think of it you know, most of the time, John, on things like this, I, I go back to my coaching days and think like a coach. And so, yeah, you know, um, adding, adding more teams to the tournament might save some coaches some jobs. That might be a byproduct of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm like you. It's the classic. If it's not broken, don't fix it. And and I happen to think that the, you know, the month of March, March Madness, however you want to refer to it, is a really, really special thing in our lives. It's sport, you know, we're hoop guys, but still, it, it's it, it is unlike anything else in sports because it it allows small. We all love the upset, the small school pulling the upset. Everybody pulls for that team, and it's that what. However, it happens. It seems like it happens every single year, and so yeah. you want to dilute the, uh, the the pool of schools and uh, take away those kinds of opportunities. Uh, like most things, John, it's more than likely a money grab. But uh, I'm I'm with you. Seldom do I necessarily agree with you on a lot of things, but on this issue, I do. I'm not even dealing in numb nuttery here or jackassery. We're just <laughs> we're just being real and. There are certain things that don't need to be blanked with, and the NCAA tournament, Bob, is one of those. I would agree with you, John, 100%. I would add to that list, don't allow college football and basketball teams to play on Friday night, especially college football teams like the Big Ten does. Don't allow, They should be ashamed of themselves, quite frankly. Don't allow uh, college football teams to play football on Friday night. Seriously, allow yeah. high schools to have Friday night. Leave them alone. I love it. Now we're all going to start getting mad, and people are going to say that we're old men <laughs> yelling at clouds. <laughs> we just need we need to be like the rest uh, the the rest of people on radio. We need to yell at each other more. Uh, you just you think about just just famous things that people have blanked with and messed it up. Right. I go back to 1985, Bob. New Coke. That thing was out like a week, and they go, you know what? We screwed this up so bad. We got to go back, and we'll call it Coca-Cola Classic, even though it only became classic about a week before we went that back to it. So well, yes, they had the good sense to go back and, and admit they made a mistake. But no, you're you're right. We're getting ready to start college football soon. Thank goodness. And uh, I'm with you. Well, let's keep it where it is. Uh, let's make it mean something, and uh, let's get out and watch some games and have some fun. All right, crank it up tonight and tomorrow night. I know you will on Network Indiana and what's going to be just a great Indiana sports talk couple of nights, too. Should be fantastic, buddy. I appreciate you. Bob Lovell, thanks to our friends at the 14 Central Indiana CarX locations and a shout-out to Joe Childers, CarX.com, for that location nearest you every Friday. Bob Lovell's with us. Bob, thank you. Thanks, 
John, as always, thank you very much. Have a great weekend. I love Bob Lovell right there.